This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith and I am your host. This is episode number one, God is One Person. I figured if we're going to have the initial episode on the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, we have to talk about how God is a single person. And so that seems to be a very important topic and figure we would lead off with one of our strongest batters. Again, the purpose of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is to start conversations with other people regarding who God is, who Jesus is, the oneness of God, and the humanity of Jesus. We're also here to promote uh, the unity of God unapologetically, and we are here to promote the humanity of Jesus, as that tends to get ignored in Christian theology. So here in episode one, I want to look at what the Bible has to say about God being a single person, God being one person, in the same way that I, Dustin Smith, am a single person. I'm not multiple persons or multiple personalities. I don't have two souls or three souls. I'm a single person. God is also described in the Bible in countless ways and in multiple fashions as a single person. Jesus prays in John chapter 17 and verse 3 and states, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus here in John 17, 3 acknowledges that the Father, the one to whom he's praying in the prayer in John chapter 17, is called the only true God. The Father is the only true God. And Jesus Christ in this verse is distinct from the only true God. So Jesus believed that the Father is the only true God, and he equated it with eternal life. And so that must mean that it is significantly important. We also see in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6, where it states that there is one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. This one God is defined as the Father, and he is above everyone and everything. He has no equals. There is no equality that the Father is equal to the Son, who is equal to the Spirit. No, it's one God and Father who is over all. The Father has no rivals in his superiority. The fact that God is a single person and described as one, as a single person, as a unity, is a major, major teaching within the Hebrew Bible, as what Christians call the Old Testament. Of course, one of the classical passages is the banner text of Judaism called the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, which states in the NASB, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is one. Here, uh, Yahweh the Lord, uh, Yahweh being his uh, proper name, is described as one, as a single person. We'll actually return to this verse, the Shema, from Deuteronomy 6, 4, when we look at how Jesus uh, cites it in the New Testament in Mark chapter 12. But continuing on in the Old Testament, uh, specifically even in uh, the book of Deuteronomy, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 35, which states, To you it has been shown that you might know that Yahweh, he is God, there is no other besides him. I like that. Yahweh, he, a singular pronoun, is God, there is no other besides him another singular pronoun. That's very clear. God is a single person, a he, 
and there is no one besides him. A few verses later, in Deuteronomy 4.39, it states, Know therefore today, and take it to your heart, that the Lord, Yahweh, He is God in heaven above, and on earth below, there is no other. Again, the singular pronoun, He. He is God in heaven above, and on earth below, there is no other. We see later in Malachi, the prophet, chapter 2 and verse 10, which states, Do we not all have one Father? Has not one God created us? In the parallelism here with the Hebrew prophet, it says that there is one Father who is also understood as one God. So this one God is described as the one Father, a single person, the Father. Not the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One Father, the one Father, the one God who created us. This fact that the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, uh, describes God as a singular person. It's just a, a major thing that you could see. I mean, you could determine it in the English text, but if you're reading out of the Hebrew and the Aramaic, uh, it's just it's just so abundantly clear. I personally am translating the book of Psalms as kind of a side project, and I just keep seeing just over and over thousands and thousands of singular pronouns used of God, singular verbs used of God, singular adjectives used of God. I'm not just talking about, you know, a handful here, a dozen over there. We're talking hundreds and hundreds, thousands of thousands, over and over and over. God is is described as a single person, as one person. There is not a hint of plurality within the Godhead, within the Old Testament. Now, I talked about how Deuteronomy 6, 4, the Shema, the Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is the banner text, the major text, the creed of Israel, one might say. And we can see that Jesus, being a good Jew, cites this uh, when he is asked about this in Mark chapter 12. So we're beginning in this narrative in Mark 12, uh, 28, which states, One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing he had answered them well, asked him, What commandment is foremost of all? Verse 29, Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now notice here, it, it's interesting to see how the narrative progresses. Verse 32, the scribe said to him, right teacher, you have truly stated that Notice the wording here. He is one, and there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as himself, is much more than burnt offerings and sacrifices. Here Jesus, being a good teacher, is going to respond, and notice how Jesus responds and understands the response here of this scribe. Mark 12, 34. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. What a great and excellent and powerful passage here in Mark 12, 28 through 34, where the scribe comes to Jesus and asks him, What is the most foremost commandment? What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus quotes the passage about God's oneness, about God's unity, and how we're supposed to honor him and love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
the scribe responds with another passage, one we actually formally read out of Deuteronomy 4, stating in response to the fact that uh, the Lord is one, with the point that he is one, and there's no one else besides him. Again, agreeing on the fact that God is a single person. And Jesus responds and states that he had answered intelligently, stating he is not far from the kingdom of God. So in the New Testament, Jesus affirms the teaching of the Old Testament that God, Yahweh, is a single person. Jesus does not expand the understanding of God by trying to make him out to be more than one person, by trying to make him a plurality. Instead, he affirms God's unity. He affirms the truth that God is a single person and agrees with the other Jewish scribe who understands God in the same manner. The Apostle Paul likewise affirms the fact that there is one God and that one God is described specifically as the Father. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, Paul states in contrast with pagan religions about other gods and other lords, he says, Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. Paul here is stating that for us, for us Christians, for us New Testament Christians, there is but one God described as the Father, out of whom are all things, and we exist for him. So that one God, the Father, is the creator, and that one God, most importantly for us, is described specifically as the Father. He does not say, as many churches and many creeds today state, that there is one God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God being three persons. No, on the contrary. Paul says, for us, there is one God, the Father, period. Okay? That's very important. Paul does not affirm a Trinitarian creed here. In fact, Paul affirms the Unitarian creed, the creed of Israel, the creed from Deuteronomy 6.4, the teachings of the Old Testament, the teachings of Jesus, and the teachings that Jesus himself affirmed in Mark 12. Paul continues to state this in, in a simple way, just affirming the Shema, affirming the oneness and the unity of God in just casual conversations like Romans 3.30. Since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the circumcised through faith, is one. And the Greek text is actually clear. It actually says, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith, etc., etc. It has to be kind of broken out to make a clear English sentence. But the Greek text is very clear. God is one. Paul reaffirms this teaching in his document, Romans. We all see it in Galatians, Galatians 3.20, where Paul says that, Now a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is one. Again, God is one person. And this adjective, by the way, one, is, is masculine, referring to not one thing, but actually one person, one person who is male. God is one person. Actually, the Amplified Bible in Galatians 3.20 is actually uh, much, much clearer. It actually says, whereas God is one person. That's actually how the Amplified Bible translates it in Galatians 3.20. Furthermore, we can see this truth of God being a single person in 1 Timothy 2.5, which states, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So there's one God and there's one person that functions as the mediator between human beings and the one God. And that person who is distinct from the one God is Christ Jesus, who is described 
as a human being, as a man. We can also see the teaching of God being one in the book of James, James chapter 2 and verse 19, which states, You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. So it states the truth from the Old Testament that God is one. It affirms that as a good belief. You do well. It also affirms that demons also believe this, and they are afraid of this truth. So the fact that the Old Testament teaches that God is one, that God is a single person, is a continued teaching throughout the Hebrew Bible. It is continually affirmed in the New Testament by Jesus, by Paul, by James. And it therefore becomes not just an Old Testament teaching, but a New Testament teaching and therefore a biblical teaching which is why biblical Unitarians describe themselves in that way. They are Unitarians because it is taught within the Bible. Thus, they are biblical Unitarians. Unitarians because that is the doctrine taught from the biblical scriptures. Very, very important topic here. I think with that, it's probably good for us to call it a break for this episode. I hope that this has encouraged some excellent discussion with some people. I hope it's been able to bring to light some things that maybe some people haven't noticed, and I hope it's been able to affirm and honor the true God with the truth that he is a single person, a truth that actually is something that can get Christians beginning dialogues with Jews and with Muslims who also affirm the fact that God is a single person. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I look forward to seeing you again. For more information about biblical Unitarianism, be sure to check out our website at www.biblicalunitarian.com. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash biblicalunitarian. And you may also find us on Twitter at the Twitter feed, biblicalu, that's the letter U. Again, my name is Dustin Smith, and I am signing off. Take care.